Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Gene and Tonic Podcast, where we share nutrigenomic and epigenetic tips for outsmarting your genes so you can up-level your brain, body, and beauty. So let's get started. Hi there, this is Sona, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm just doing a short solo episode as I was feeling really compelled to talk about sugar cravings since we just celebrated Halloween. I feel like it kicks off the season of indulgent sweets and goodies that surround us as holiday get-togethers and festivities are just around the corner. No doubt, by the time New Year's Eve gets here, most of us have made getting back in shape our number one resolution. We're definitely faced with a lot of situations that test our willpower. And let's face it, a lot of us are weak in this area. So I had picked up a bag of Halloween candy for kiddos, and unfortunately, I got one of my favorite kinds, the chocolatey peppermint ones. Anyway, that was a bad idea because I started munching and couldn't stop, which is something I usually have better control over. But sometimes I don't, and that's why I felt called to talk about this today. We know we shouldn't eat too many sweets. They impact weight, hormones, and metabolics, and are so hard to resist sometimes. But actually, what I wanted to share is that it's not just a matter of willpower. Sure, we can try to control our need for sugar, but it is part of our programming, and for some more than others. Also, research shows some of us are genetically more prone to crave sugar than others. People can be biologically addicted to sugar in the same way we can be addicted to drugs or alcohol. So resisting it is definitely harder for some. I myself have always had a sweet tooth, and I know many who struggle with resisting sugar. And this is partly because people have evolved to seek and store sugar. Early humans needed a lot of stored energy since they didn't know when their next meal was coming. So biologically, we're wired to crave it. And unfortunately, our brain is still functionally similar to early humans. When we eat sweet foods, it activates the brain's dopamine reward system. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is a key driver in motivation, productivity, and focus, and is involved in reward and reinforcement. Repeated activation of the reward pathway by sweets and many other things like alcohol, drugs, and some medications, some types of social media even, and video games, and even stress. Yes, stress can be addictive. It can manifest as internal anxiety, and for others, it can manifest as external drama. The stress response boosts dopamine as well as cortisol, causing people to repeat behaviors over and over again. But most people don't realize that we're kind of self-medicating when we repeatedly do these types of things in order to get a dopamine boost, which can be self-destructive. So these dopamine hits from sugar and processed foods promote rapid learning to cause your brain to seek out more and more, a classic feature of addiction just to get the same reward feeling. Then what happens? We adapt and can lead to a sort of tolerance, which ultimately contributes to a deficiency of dopamine. Now, there are ways to naturally boost dopamine. There are different kinds of nutrients and supplements and even exercise 
In general, a balanced diet is the best way to achieve more balanced neurotransmitters. And of course, knowing your genomic markers in these areas can be very helpful as well. I include some of the key neurotransmitter pathways in my functional genomic analysis. For example, related to dopamine is a COMT gene, and it can tell us things like how you may break down and clear your catecholamine neurotransmitters like adrenaline, dopamine, and estrogen, because not clearing them can pose potential problems. We can also determine if your dopamine status is more like a warrior type or the worrier strategic type, or possibly a combination of both. This can be a tell, for if you may generally have a steady stream of dopamine or whether it mostly spikes when stressed. On the other hand, there are inhibitory neurons like GABA that help us control when we don't want to give in to our cravings. There's also a gene related to this, the GAD gene, G-A-D gene that converts glutamate to GABA, and if we're not doing that properly, it can leave us with too much of the excitatory glutamate in our system. So clearing that and making that conversion is also really important. And if needed, it can be done with, a key, with key supplements, nutrients, and especially a balanced diet. And research does show eating high-sugar diets can alter inhibitory neurons. So here are my five favorite ways to stave off cravings. Number one is exercise. Studies show yoga, walking, long distance running. These kinds of things help increase dopamine naturally. So you're more able to resist those addictive dopamine hits that we talked about. Next, Being mindful of your actions is a great way to stop yourself from going for the junk food. Take a pause and pay attention to how you're feeling. Breathe deeply, drink water, or grab a piece of fruit or a healthy snack instead. Third is discovering your genomics. I kind of talked a little bit about this. Learning some of the underlying reasons why you may have certain cravings can be really helpful because there are easy ways to help support if issues here. Some people may have a weakness in their ACAT gene. This one is really important as it supports the conversion of fats and proteins into acetyl-CoA. Weakness here can slow the production of ATP energy from the citric acid cycle or the Krebs cycle. A shortage of the ACAT enzyme can block the body from processing proteins and fats properly. It's involved in ketogenesis, which is building new ketones, what people try to do when on a ketogenic diet. Strong sugar and carb cravings can point to a significant issue with acetyl-CoA and ATP production, like for some who feel weak or possibly hangry in between meals. Another one is COMT that I mentioned in relation to dopamine. If SNPs or weakness, the excess hormones and neurotransmitters can lead to a lack of self-control, among other things. This is big when it comes to cravings or binging. Issues here, plus excess sugar, is like a double whammy. You can get too much dopamine inside the frontal lobe, and the brain really doesn't want the extra dopamine. There's a sweet spot where the brain function is optimized. 
The fourth one is my personal favorite, setting rules or boundaries. This could be personal rules to, that you set for yourself. For me, I like to practice daily intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating, which is the concept of eating during daylight hours. It's based on biological factors. For example, your liver better metabolizes glucose during the day and weakens during the evening, which means it's best not to eat sugar in the evening. Basically, sticking to a, to a routine where you eat within a time frame, time frame of 8 to 12 hours and then you fast for the remainder of the day. And keep that as a rule. You can check out my article on my blog on time-restricted fasting tips. Another rule could be just keeping your favorite sweets out of the house, not buying them in the first place, or setting boundaries with your family and let them know to not offer you random sweets or junk food. Lastly, a healthy and effective way to stave off cravings is keeping up a balanced whole foods diet for your own body type, which can be determined with a genomic DNA test. As the body's nutritional status is better, it regulates the brain's signaling pathways that impact mood and emotions. Your gut microbiome is supported by a good diet that includes a mix of probiotic and prebiotic foods. This keeps your brain-gut connection strong when it comes to cravings. Your gut can considerably enhance the function of your brain and ultimately your entire body. A good diet also helps reduce stress signals because hormones and stress chemicals are more balanced from a heightened state of chronic anxiety to then being reactive only in times of need. This creates a better balanced mood and calmed mind. So there you go. In fact, there are a lot of other things you can do as well. In part two, we're going to share more tips and perhaps deep dive into some of the areas I mentioned here today. But I wanted to leave you with this. Consider the potential vicious cycle and link to stress and weight that can happen more often than we want. Eating too much sugar, bad carbs, and processed foods can deplete vitamins and minerals. Plus it drives blood sugar, which can lead to poor mood and more cravings, leading to emotional eating or binge eating and drive weight gain. It can cause regret, depression, or even stress and increased stress can increase your cortisol levels, which can further lead to weight gain. It's just another area of our life we don't need the added stress from. The good news is, is that we can do something about it. If you enjoyed this, please follow us and stay tuned for part two. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow us on Instagram at Crush and DM us. We'd love to hear from you. Plus, we have our signature stress-busting webinar coming up. Just go to genecrush.com to learn more and get on our wait list to be first to hear about when doors open.